Father, we come to you one more time as a community because we need you. And we hold our hands open, whether, whether we don't know anything about you or maybe we're angry at you, we're holding our hands open just saying, God, if you're real, show up. God, if you care about us, I need you to show up in my life and speak to me. And so, God, for those of us that are in that place where we're just angry at you or we're questioning you or we just are absolutely convinced that you don't believe, tonight we hold open our hands as a way of saying that our hearts are open to you revealing yourself to us. And God, for those of us tonight who are hungry for you, who love you and who want more of you, God, I pray that you would fill us tonight, that in worship and teaching in small groups, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, Lord. Just as we talk about whenever we open scripture, that you would comfort, convict, and change us, that we would be different people because we've gathered. So God, we trust you for big things tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I got a text a few weeks ago from a student, and the student said this. Hey, Eric, thank you for praying for me. I had my volleyball tryout today, but I didn't make the team. I know that playing volleyball probably isn't God's will and his plan for me, so I'm just trying to accept that right now. But I'm going to be honest. I love this part in the text. I love this part in the text. But I'm going to be honest. It hurt really bad. When you wanted that thing and you just didn't get it, God probably has some better plan for me, and I'm just hoping that he'll show me what to do next. I got home at like 12.30, and after I got home, I just started crying, and then I, I fell asleep. And I just woke up, and I just, have this, I just have this bad headache, but I feel better after crying. Isn't crying just make things better sometimes, right? Like, I just watched a movie recently. Sarah and I went, I, we, we saw this movie that I thought was going to be the cheesiest, worst movie ever. And I was a baby, just like crying. And it just feels good. So that's where she's at, right? She's like, I got the headache. I'm crying. It's all good. But I know that God has something else for me. Check this out, you guys. I know that God has something else for me. And whatever that is, it's better than volleyball. I mean, this girl kept texting and then she wrote this. She said, Eric, the next day, she said, Eric, I feel a lot better this morning, and God is just showing me that he is next to me, and I can actually feel his presence. I have a feeling that he already has something planned for me, and it's so nice that he is giving me peace. It, this sounds really weird, but I feel like God is erasing the pain and hurts inside of me, and it feels like what happened yesterday never happened. It sounds really weird, but I think it's God doing it. I read Psalm 139, and it was amazing that God was saying, no matter where I am or where I go, God is always with me, and he is there to hold my hands and guide me. And then I read Galatians chapter 3 from the HSM Soap reading plan, and it says that God's promises are true and that I can trust him and that I can have faith in him. You see, I, I love this text from this student because she's so honest about this pain and this brokenness. She's so honest about she wanted this thing. She wanted volleyball so bad. And it just didn't happen for her. And I wonder if any of you have ever been in that place before where you've wanted something to work out so bad and it just didn't happen. I think Jesus' words for us invite us to, to remember and to focus on the fact that above volleyball, above a school, above a job, above an experience, even above a relationship, that we have got to make him our treasure, that we have got to make him our everything, that we got to make him our all in all, 
Because sometimes volleyball will let us down. Sometimes friends will let us down. Sometimes experiences, sometimes relationships will ultimately let us down. But if we choose to make Jesus our treasure and he becomes our master, he promises that though at times it will feel like he's absent, or though at times it will feel like, God, what are you doing? Where are you moving in my life? I don't see you, that he's always with us. So find me in Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse 19, it says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, and, and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but instead, instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures, this is one of the most powerful sentences, and this is in fact the sentence I want to challenge you to memorize this week. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Students, I want to ask you a question. Where's your treasure right now? I mean, is your treasure in that relationship that isn't going super well? Is your treasure in the college that you're going to attend? Is your treasure in the experience, the event, the thing, whatever it may be? Where is your treasure? Where is that thing that you are putting all of your energy, all of your time because you're absolutely crazy about it, because you love it, because it's all consuming you? And Jesus says, look, we are going to be people who will make something our treasure. We were created from the very beginning to be people who find treasure in something. And Jesus says the best place for that treasure to land, the best place for your heart to be is ultimately in him. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then Jesus closes it out this way. No one, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That word money is actually an Aramaic word, and it literally means any sort of human creation that you would find your confidence in. So, I mean, you, you, you could jump 2,000 years and say, man, we find our confidence in how people interact with us on social media or how well a coach praises us or doesn't praise us. And where is it that you are currently finding your confidence and your treasure? Where is that place where you have said, man, this is the most valuable thing in my life? And what Jesus is getting at here is if it is anything less than God, if it is anything less than a relationship with Christ, it will rust, it will be robbed from you, it will destroy. But if we become people, if we become people who say, God and God alone is my greatest treasure, then we will experience something that no one can take away from you. That relationship that got taken away from you, if Jesus is your treasure, nobody can take that away. That relationship, that confidence you had in maybe mom and dad's relationship that has been severed, that thing that happened to you a while ago, this new season that you're at school where people are just, all of a sudden it's like everyone's against you, all the things that are robbing you of joy, if Jesus is your ultimate treasure, if he's the ultimate good, if he's your everything, nobody can take that from you. And I wanna remind you students 
of the good news of the gospel that God left heaven, came down to earth, ultimately died on a cross, not for everybody else alone, but for you. You see, Jesus didn't just die on a cross, take all of your sins so that you could be free. So for each one of the people sitting next to you, he did it for you. That Jesus is so crazy about you, that he so deeply desires to be your treasure, that he gave up that which was most valuable to him, his life. That the father gave up that which was most valuable to him, his son. He gave up everything because you were most valuable to him. And until he becomes the most valuable thing in your life, you will experience rust and destruction and your joy being robbed all the time because your joy and your treasure will be rooted in the things of this earth. It will be rooted in relationships. It will be rooted in the temporal and the momentary in how people respond to you at a given moment. But Jesus says, it's time to elevate your joy. It's time to understand that your true treasure is not in how everyone else responds to you. It's in Christ and Christ alone. But students, you have a choice to make. You can't serve two masters. You can't make your girlfriend your treasure and Jesus. You can't make the party scene your treasure and Jesus. You, you can't live in these two separate worlds. You have to choose which ultimately is going to be your treasure. And this is all I can tell you, is that if you choose anything other than Jesus, it will always let you down. That it will always miss the mark. That it will always fail to be that which your heart is longing for. Because you see, your treasure is your master. And anything but Jesus was never created to be your master. So I want to send you back into your small groups. Wow, this is like a record. You're going to have 50 minutes in your small group. Wow, we did it. You're going to have 50 minutes in your small groups. And here's what I want to challenge you to do at this time, though. I'm going to ask you to go deeper and to be more bold and more vulnerable than you have ever been in your small groups before. And I want you to gather around your small group and I want each person to answer the question, if you feel comfortable, where is your treasure? Like really think about it. Where is your treasure? Where is the thing that when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you think about? That, that's exactly what the, the momentum of your life is leading towards. What is that thing that has totally captivated your heart? I want you to share that with your group. And then I want you to work through some of the questions that we've written up on your leader's guide. And to really think about what would it look like? How would you even do that? To become the kind of person where Jesus is truly the treasure of your heart. That truly Jesus is your master because students, anyone else and anything else will ultimately lead to your destruction. Anything else, anyone else, if they become your ultimate treasure, it will lead to your destruction because your treasure is ultimately your master and nothing was ever created to be your master other than Christ alone. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our time to sort of slow down as we're in about the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, this revolutionary way where 
Jesus, you're going to take us into some really awesome places and you're going to continue to challenge us. But I feel like you're calling us to actually pause for a minute and do a little heart check, do a little analyzing of, of really where is our treasure? Because Jesus, you said it best that where your treasure is there, your heart is also. And so God, in our groups tonight, I pray that you would help us to be bold and audacious and daring enough to be broken and to be vulnerable and to be honest about where our treasure truly is. And then maybe as a group, we could together discover what would it look like? How would we make you, Jesus, our greatest treasure, our only master? Because you're not gonna let us down and because you gave up your life for us as a community and as individuals. So Jesus, help us with this. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen.